This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. It is Kenny and Heilprin on a beautiful Thursday night here in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm Ben Kenny. He is Zach Heilprin. Hello, Zach. Hello. Fun show today. I'm excited. So a little bit later, about 20 minutes from now, we're answering the question, which player in the country we would add to this Wisconsin football team or players. We'll go through quarterbacks. We'll go through non quarterbacks. I'm excited for this. There are some old friends. If you want to put them that way that are elsewhere that I still would like to see become a Wisconsin Badger We're playing the theoretical game. And it'll lead into us talking about where the holes still are, where the questions are in this roster, and how, in theory, in an ideal world, they could be filled. But first, so, Zach, Braylon Allen tweeted something this week. He first joined us last Friday, filling in for the Bill Michaels Show. That podcast is still up. I'll retweet it later today. But he tweeted something this week. It became rather provocative. The tweet reads, Wisconsin Badgers, the best backfield in America. Pictured in that tweet is Braylon Allen. It is Ches Malusi and Isaac Garendo. So Zach, at first, I didn't think anything of it. It's just one of those hype tweets that we saw all come at the same time. They obviously did a photo shoot recently. Several were very quick to wonder why Isaac Garendo is there in that top three. I didn't really think about it that much at first. Isaac Rendo instead of Julius Davis or just the fact that neither of them really haven't done that much on the field. So I ask you first your reaction to this provocative photo, but also does Wisconsin have the best backfield in America? Well, let's get to that first part because I think you're miss You left out part of that tweet. What is it? There were two pictures involved in that tweet. Oh yes. I forgot. Yes. There were two pictures involved in that tweet. There was the tweet. Picture that you mentioned. Yes. That has the current running backs, zero, a very sporty looking number one for Ches Malusi, which I really, really like. I like the number one. It looks on good. Chess. It does. It he, looks he good. went from six to one. It looks good. And then Isaac Arendo. 20, the other, though, I'm not a big 20 guy. The, o- the other, I like 20. The other picture, Melvin Gordon, James White, and Monte Ball <laughs> from after a game in 2012 when I assume they probably all ran for 100 yards. So essentially what they're saying is like, this is going to be the next, uh, the second coming of that group. Seems a bit much at this point, at this point, I'll say this Braylon Allen has a chance to, to put himself on the Mount Rushmore of Wisconsin running backs with two like ridiculous seasons, which I certainly think he's capable of. And Ches Malusi was on his way to a thousand yards. So maybe, I don't know, at that point in 2012, maybe he's in James White's category. I, I don't know. Um, Isaac Rendo, probably not the Melvin Gordon in that situation uh, at this point. It, what that group did and then having this picture, it, it just doesn't match up just yet. Just yet. That's all I'm going to say. Just yet. Uh, Melvin Gordon, James White, Monte Ball, you could make an argument, and I'm sure at some point maybe somebody will in this hour, that that's the best backfield in Wisconsin history. Like the three backs. In terms of Wisconsin have the best backfield now, if you limited it to just the two, I think you can make an argument with Ches Malusi and Braylon Allen. But if you include the if you include the three and you're throwing maybe a fullback that we don't know who it's going to be yet, it's a little bit more difficult to make that argument that they're even the best, and I'm th- you're about to do this, they're even the best in the conference. 
I don't think I'm going to argue against it. I just think it's a legitimate conversation. The context is hard, right? Because if you go cross-conference, you start talking about like Deuce Vaughn in the Big 12 or Bijan Robinson at Texas. The competition's different. The context of their line is different, how the offense operates. Even compare Wisconsin to Ohio State, Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams there. It's tough because of how much they have on offense and how easy or easier it is then to run the football compared to what Wisconsin will have to face likely, which is a very stacked box until Graham Mertz does something else about that. The duo thing I'm with because I don't necessarily think Isaac Garendo. I don't know who I would choose between him and Davis for that. In the photo, it's Garendo. But even so, if you want to compare them across the country, it's kind of hard to go through other teams and find their third best running back, right? Because that Wisconsin team is so rare that they have those three talents there at the same time. You can go to Alabama where we saw the pictures of like Mark Ingram and Derrick Henry and Bo Scarborough. But those are outliers. Most schools, they have their one who is elite if you're a very good running team. You maybe have a two that's young or an older guy that can catch the football. And there isn't really usually a three. So my whole thought is if we're talking about the best backfields in America, let's go one, two. Okay. No more three. All right. So uh, the exact source on best best <laughs> backfield in the country is, uh, do we have? Can he, can he go unnamed? I don't know. Uh, you you kind of are still living off uh, a second place finish in his mind, aren't you? <laughs> yes. There is a certain Twitter account out there that ranks things. I said on the Bill Michaels show, I pleaded with the public. Can we stop retweeting and interacting and all that stuff? Because he tweets out these lists, ranking everything from college town restaurants to Twitter accounts for each team, of which I came in second back last year. And then guys on the field, guys off the field, the best whoever of all time. Yeah. And then he goes and he tags all the coaches, yeah. which is kind of infuriating. Because then you have a lot of coaches respond. It was aptly pointed out that Bill Sheridan's final tweet as a Wisconsin head coach was retweeting this certain account, which I will not name. Yeah. I will not acknowledge. Yeah. So this account had them as the best backfield. Maybe maybe Braylon is just saying, hey, he called it. I'm I'm going to this is just it. Yeah. So maybe that's what maybe that's what Braylon's doing. But in terms of, yeah, I mean, three backs, what Wisconsin had in 2012, pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm not going to compare. And then you also saw those guys all go to the NFL and have success. Monte eh. Ball for not as much time, but at least one year there. He didn't have have any. I mean, very little success. With the Broncos, he was good for a year. They went to a Super Bowl that year. Not... Okay, he was okay. I will say this. I mean, the next year when it was... James White, Melvin Gordon, and Corey Clement. Yeah. I mean, you can make an argument that he had more success than Monte Ball did in the NFL. Yeah, but I doubt. So when we look back at that backfield, even without Ball, you see Melvin Gordon, who's been a prolific touchdown scorer in the league and runner for the Chargers and Broncos. You see James White, who's been one of the best third down feature uh, kind of scat backs for a team that's ever played. I mean, he's won, what, three Super Bowls at this point, two, maybe? should have been the MVP of one of them. Yes. So he's been amazing in the NFL. I don't think we'll look back at this backfield and think that. I think that's safe to say. And that's more an ode to how great the old one was than necessarily what this one will be able to do. When I look at this backfield, if I had to make an argument either way, what's tough right now where we sit is there's a question mark with Ches Malusi. We don't know if he's he's not going to play week one. I would doubt he's going to play week one. We don't know when he's going to come back. And 
I would assume, given modern technology, he'll be back at close to full strength and be very effective. But that's still a question mark until I see it. So entering the year for definitely out of conference games, you have Braylon Allen. And then you hope Malusi can come back for Ohio State. But even so, it's tough to predict compared to if Malusi was healthy and it was the one-two. Yeah, trap Malusi and if he is completely healthy, it's got to be up there. Because it just it, it is one nice one-two punch, and we saw how successful it could be. And again, it wasn't against the greatest defenses, but I, I'm not going to... I feel like if, they, if Ches Malusi had been able to stay healthy and play the rest of that year, he's obviously going over 1,000. Braylon may not have, uh, just based on it, but I guarantee, I, I guarantee there's a fresher Braylon against Minnesota, and things maybe look a little bit different against Minnesota offensively with a healthy uh, Braylon Allen as opposed to what they were getting at that point, having been run down over the last few weeks, just essentially carrying the offense on his back. So uh, if healthy, yes, but you're right. Huge question. We don't we don't know. Yeah, he has proclaimed that he wants to be ready for September 3rd. He said that in the spring. We'll see if uh, we'll see where he's at. He looks healthy in the photo. We'll see where we'll <laughs> see we'll see where that and I think that one's doing a lot of work too. Yeah. Uh, that, traps look big. Yes, traps Malusi. <laughs> uh, it I what we see from him. We'll get to see him here in a couple of weeks. See where he's at in his recovery, and and then we can go from there. But those two guys healthy, I, I, I really like the backfield. I like it just with Braylon already. As long as one, you know, whether it's Isaac Grendo or Julius Davis or somebody, just so you're not running him into the ground um, like he was at the end of last year. And we talked when we talked to him, he said his goal was to get, you know, back to healthy as possible, feeling his body feeling as good as possible as it did heading into last season going now. And uh, I think that was one of his off-season focuses because he wasn't anywhere close to being healthy. And he's, he's mentioned that a number of times at the end of last year. So when I look at it, if I had to predict today who would finish the season when we look back as the best backfield, I think I would predict it to be Wisconsin. And part of that is the national outlook on the program. When they have a great running game and great running backs, they get all the praise because that's what Wisconsin does. The one-two, if they are fully healthy, as we have said, I would predict they would be the best backfield in America. A lot of is a lot of that, though, is context-dependent because it has to do with the game script you're playing in. It has to do with the strength of the defenses. It has to do with the offensive line. It has to do with how the quarterback is playing, how much space they get. So a lot, a lot is dependent on other things. But if I had to pick them against anybody else, I would pick them. However, I will also say... There are probably better running backs out there in the country than Braylon Allen, but the one-two punch of those two is hard to beat. For instance, production-wise. Yes, I would probably argue Travion Henderson. Definitely. So here's the thing. In NFL circles, they view it a little differently because running backs that are great pass catchers and are very versatile are valued more. So that said, I would probably still put Travion Henderson today as the best running back in the Big Ten, though... The combo of Allen and Malusi, I would call better than Henderson and Mayan Williams behind him. And yeah, those guys are running in an Ohio State offense that is super powered, that has crazy weapons everywhere, and they will see light boxes all season. So that's going to lead to a lot of easier production. I would probably take Bajan Robinson at Texas over Braylon Allen at this point, but the guy behind him is named Roshan Johnson, and he's good, but... I still think the combo of Allen and Malusi would beat that. So that's kind of where I'm at. There are definitely better running backs, but I would not put a backfield as a whole over them today. 
What about Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards? So that one's interesting. Last year, definitely Hassan Haskins, Blake Corum. That was the best running back duo in the conference. Would have easily taken them over what Wisconsin had. Blake Corum is a beast. Edwards, I'm not totally in on yet. So Allen and Corum head-to-head is really interesting. I think they are similar in stat. They're different in how they run and everything, but I think they're similar in terms of how I view them. At the at, Like for me in the Big Ten, if we had just running backs, not running back rooms, it's probably Travion Henderson, Braylon Allen, Blake Corum, Mo Ibrahim. Okay. M- m- coming off the Achilles. Yes. And part of that is I'm banking that he can get back to – well, he tore it, remember, in week one. He so, did, but it's still an Achilles. And I know that things It's more have, severe. I know yeah. things have changed. Uh, and it's – people come back from it, you know. Um, but running back is positions where – It's tough. It feels like that's a, a tough thing to do. Then again, they've had a couple of guys transfer this offseason, which would suggest that maybe he's bouncing back and he's going to have a huge workload this 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 fall. Yeah. So I, mean, I, the, the, I think the two guys that ran for uh, yards against Wisconsin are no longer there. Yeah, I think they both transferred. Yeah. So, and both of those guys were deep on the depth chart. Like they, yeah. they ended up moving a linebacker to running back a guy from Wisconsin. Yeah, before that game, but then his only job in that game, and it was kind of genius by the offensive staff there. His one job in that game, he didn't touch the football. It was you're going to block Leo Chanel, and he did a pretty good job of it. He stood him up in the hole a couple times. Save some plays. So, uh, but miss me with that Jalen Berger, Jarek Broussard thing at Michigan State. I, they have to prove it. I don't even think Jalen Berger is going to start week one there, if I'm being honest. That's not an indictment on him. I just, I, I have no idea, you know? Like, we saw the flash, but then he goes there. He's a highly touted transfer. I'd probably bet on Broussard being the guy overall there. Yeah. The thing about Jalen is he did have all the talent in the world. It's keeping the head on straight yep. and doing the, the other things because I, he does have that. He did have some special burst to him, right? At different, at, that we saw in 2020. Like there, there's no reason. I mean, he averaged over five yards a carry. Probably shouldn't have with, with the way that some things were breaking out, but he did. He was kind of their only legitimate offensive threat. If you go to uh, like the Indiana game. Yes. Yes. But, you, I mean, you go back and look like his yards in the, the time, like he was, the other thing is, how healthy is he? Because he never carried it more than 15 times in a game, <laughs> which was, which was, according to Paul Christ, a total coincidence. I'm sure. No sideshow going on here. I, yes, exactly. <laughs> I asked him, said, this isn't, he's, this isn't baseball. This isn't baseball. He, there's no pitch counts. The sideshow thing was uh, yeah, this, I know. this past year. This past year. I have the audio somewhere. It would take me a second to no, find No, don't it. worry about it. I used to use that a lot. So, yeah, I mean... Definitely in contention for best backfield in America. Again, I'm not naming the Twitter account, but provocative stuff. The whole Isaac Garendo versus Julius Davis. If I had to guess today, I don't know the state of Garendo's injury, but I would guess he carries the ball more than Davis this year, but I would not be surprised if it goes the other way. It's a total toss up to me. Just workload wise. Davis had a great spring. He had, I think his best camp. Now, again, he's, he has dealt with with injuries that has kind of limited his time in spring. Didn't take part in spring practice last year. Uh, was was injured as a freshman. Uh, had dealt with some other things, um, but he had a great spring. Isaac Rendell though was supposed to be full go by uh, by June, 
and and ready for some workouts. I haven't heard anything different, and so I'm I'm expecting that to be the case. And if he is, he's got all the speed in the world. I remember uh, we were out at the Rose Bowl, and former running backs coach John Settle told myself and Jesse Temple from the Athletic that he is Jonathan Taylor athletically. Athletically, he is him. And and we've heard JT talk about that, right? Like JT has said. Uh, I was cause talk about how fast he is last year because they they do all their runs and he reached 22 miles an hour like yep. in one of his runs last year <laughs> and he's like yeah man but I gotta get to 23 because Isaac Isaac hit 23 and I I need to catch him so Isaac Rendo speed uh, off the charts that was a funny press conference the JT one was it even a press conference or he was being interviewed by he, somebody yeah he yeah. was yeah yeah he, I. I you, Some sideline presser. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no. I don't, he he was like, I still have. I, you, you hit twenty two miles an hour. Yeah, I got to hit twenty three because because Isaac did it. So, yeah, I mean Isaac's got all the skill and the the uh, ability in the world, but he has just been hit hard by injuries. So speaking of Jonathan Taylor, we're talking about if Wisconsin this year with Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi can have the best running back tandem, best backfield in America. I ask you, Zach, when has that happened? When has Wisconsin had the best backfield in America? Do you want to work backwards or up from a certain year? Best, ba- So we're only doing two, right? Best duo? Two. Or or even one. Because sometimes... No, we can't do one. We're but not some gonna- backfields are just owned by one guy. Yeah, but then you're just going to be able to use Jonathan Taylor and Ron Dane and Melvin Gordon in 2014. Like, that's going to be essentially the backfield. Corey Clement did a little bit in 2014, no? A little bit. Was also injured towards the end of last that year, and they had... Tanner McAvoy and, and Derek Watt running uh freaking Wildcat towards the end of that thing. And you're like, so you, you have, would say in 2014, you have, you have Derek Watt in there. You don't think they know what you're going to do when Tanner McAvoy's back there too. You don't, you don't <laughs> think that you're potentially running there. Uh, <laughs> well, Annie Ludwig, what, what are we doing here? Um, Shout out Gary. Yes. I well, think speaking of that single, so you would not say they had the best backfield in America in 2014. They had the best running back in the country. Would the best backfield be San Diego State? Danelle Pumphrey? <laughs> just a just an ice cold glare. Donald Pumphrey's never been the best anything. No reaction to that. Donald at all? Pumphrey has never been the best <laughs> anything. He is a complete and total fraud that's propped up by the NCAA. <laughs> there there has been he has not been the best at anything. And I'm not here I, maybe I need to qualify this by saying I have never been the best at anything, but he has never <laughs> Been the best at at anything when it comes to football and running the ball and yards uh, per game, uh, yards in a career. That belongs to my man, Ron Dane, another guy who you could just say best back in America. So he was the best backfield in America. That actually San Diego State backfield, though, did put out some guys in the NFL. Well, they Rashad Penny right after. Donald Pumphrey was a complete bust. No no surprise there. Philadelphia Eagle. No surprise there. Uh, But... The rest of them, they actually had some guys. That was the coldest stare I've ever seen. <laughs> I expected something immediate. I thought you were going to be flabbergasted that I would bring up that name. Instead, that hit. I, I saw your soul right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not a Donnell Pumphrey guy. I'm not at all a Donnell Pumphrey guy. He has been propped up by the NCAA for way, way, way too long. <laughs> way too long. But how would you just, de- how do you decide if we're, if we're going duos, right? I'm not sure Wisconsin has has had no no i'll say this 2013 when it was james white and melvin gordon james white had 1400 yards melvin had 1600 yards they were 
awesome. They had a great end zone uh, or touchdown celebration. What? No, I, I'm looking at the 2013 rushing leaders to agree. It was like 1626 for Melvin and, and like 1400 something for, for James. Yeah, but then you, you can also look at the guys above them and they're all single backfield guys where as some of them had NFL success. Trey Mason was okay in the league. Amir Abdullah has hung around, but nobody that sticks out and nobody that was that great to be the single guy to beat them. Those two were amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, I was trying to think some other duos. Like when Monte came in in 2011, he ended up being like the guy, even though James White was right there and had a thousand yards the year before. Uh, 2012 was the same way. It was kind of like free Melvin Gordon. I remember like free Melvin Gordon because every time he touched the ball, it was like 10 yards. And uh, in 2012, they just never gave him the chance until he got to the Big Ten championship game and ran it up and down the field on on Nebraska. (sighs) Duos, duos. So I would even say that aside from 2019, because J.K. Dobbins and Master Teague might have been better, I would say in 2018 and 2017, Wisconsin had the best backfield in America with Jonathan Taylor because there aren't any other duos that really stand out there. Okay. Or at least that I could find. I could be wrong, but So who's I, this who's the two there? Is it is it uh, Daryl Henderson at Memphis? No, no, who's the two like with him? Is it just because you can't just throw hey, JT's the best cuz he's got the most yards. Well, then I would say the same thing in 2014 with Melvin Gordon. No one had more yards than Melvin Gordon. Put everybody else combined and nobody else had more than yeah. uh, Melvin Gordon. We, if we're sticking it, I think we should need to stick to duos here. Okay. I think we need to stick to duos. I think we should put the fullback with Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> and it still works. It does. Give me Alec Ingold. It Yes, it does. Um, Brent Moss and Terrell Fletcher. Two just absolute, complete opposites of each other in, in 1993. Uh, I was going to ask if it was before I was born. It definitely was. Okay. Uh, but that's the first Rose Bowl team. That's the team yeah. that turned everything around. And those two were fantastic. Barry Alvarez will tell you to this day. He had Ron Dane. He had a whole bunch of really, really good running backs. If he needed a yard right now, Brent Moss would be the guy. Just an absolute beast. And Terrell Fletcher went on and had a, I mean, had a really good NFL career as a returner and, and kind of a, a third down back for, for San Diego. But those, those two duos come to mind. All right, 608-321-1670. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, I mentioned it at the top of the show. Fun little exercise here. Which player nationwide would you add to this Wisconsin Badger team? You could choose which question mark you want to answer. We'll talk about the quarterback position because that's the obvious one. But then aside from quarterback, any other position on the field, who would you add to this team? We're talking about it next. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, welcome back. It's Kenny and Heilprin, 608-321-1670. We could fit some calls in after this segment on what we're about to talk about. We are on Twitter at Kenny underscore Heilprin. Can interact with the show that way. There's always a podcast up immediately after the show concludes. So if you miss an episode, sometimes we're podcast only. That's a good way to keep up as well. I think I should throw this out now as a public service. We will be in Indianapolis in a couple weeks for Big Ten Media Days. What are the time slots again that we're on live? Yeah, so we're going to be <laughs> yeah we're gonna be uh, on 2 to 4 on Tuesday and Wednesday. That is the 26th and the 27th. We'll be going live from 2 to 4. The, the Tuesday one will be 
on air. The other one will be on the stream because Brewers play that afternoon, that Damn Wednesday Brewers. afternoon. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. I love Big Ten Media Days. I love Indianapolis. Not a huge fan of it being that far away, but uh, it's done on the field at Lucas Oil Stadium, and it's uh, it's pretty cool. It was a pretty cool setup last year. I'm glad that they're doing it again in the exact same way and going to have a bunch of guests, uh, players, coaches, broadcasters, other talent. We're really looking forward to it. I'm excited. I have not been to Big Ten Media Days. I'm really looking forward to it. So we'll we'll push that as the days come closer It'll be clear when we're going live and how to find those shows as time goes on. So, Zach, you posed this to me earlier. I loved it as soon as I saw it. Which player from across the country, if you could pluck them away, like Premier League soccer, if that's how it works, <laughs> and add them to this Wisconsin Badger team? The clear, every single name that came to my mind at first was quarterbacks. So my my instant list that I'm going to run through quick and then we'll move on to the interesting stuff. Caleb Williams was my number one <laughs> over everybody. Yeah. And I had to just for the sake of it, put him above number two who's Bryce young. You put CJ Stroud on this team, any of those guys, and they instantly become either the big 10 favorite if they take Stroud or it is a much tighter spread in the big 10 championship. Dylan Gabriel, Oklahoma, KJ Jefferson, Arkansas, Devin Leary, NC State, Tyler Van Dyke, Miami. I wondered if Arch Manning counted because he would be my number one. Uh, the guy who's only a five-star because of his name, according to some. Allegedly. Uh, yes. I had one more name. Okay. Adrian Martinez. No no Spencer Rattler. No Spencer Rattler. I don't did, trust him. Did you see the, the rankings from Pro Football Focus this week, though? Yeah. For, oh, my God. CJ Stroud below... Which is, which is ridiculous. First of all, if we've learned anything from that reality show he did and his time at Oklahoma, he's a douche. <laughs> he is not somebody that is a great leader of men. I think it's fair to say that after what we've seen. I don't want him in my locker room. Okay. You, you, really? You wouldn't, you wouldn't take him on Wisconsin right now? I would not. That's not a culture guy. Mm. I would rather have an up-and-down quarterback that might be good, but we don't know, and Graham Mertz, who definitely seems to do all the right things as a leader – than someone like that. I don't want him in my program if I was the GM. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there are a lot of, there's a lot of talent there. Um, there's, yeah. there's a lot that he could bring to the table. He's actually, I mean, he's, he's proven to be a solid quarterback. He's probably done more on the college football field than Graham Mertz. Yes. I think that, I think that's probably very fair to say. Um, and he got passed last year, obviously by a guy that, is really, really talented that Wisconsin, um, depending on who you talk to, wanted or eh, not really. Um, it wasn't really, there was, there was more to it than, there wasn't as much to it as everybody thought that there was. I believe the UW and non-rumors. <laughs> <laughs> but quarterback is the easy answer here. Yeah. And there's so many names that you could throw out there that have had a lot of success already. Even though you think Graham Mertz talent-wise, and I feel this way, and I, I know there's a lot of people that don't, has the arm, has the, the has shown flashes of ability to be not at the not the best quarterback in college football, but in the top twenty quarterbacks in college football, if not maybe top fifteen. He's got the talent to do it. He hasn't done it to this point, um, but there are guys that you would take and say they have done it, and I'll. Uh, I guarantee that they'd be able to do it here with that type of running game and some of the talent that I think that they do have at wide receiver. 
Yeah, that's the instant difference. If Wisconsin would it's add a, it's always the biggest. It difference. is. It's it's what changes good and bad teams in the sport of football. If Wisconsin would add, let's say anybody except Stroud, let's say Stroud stays on Ohio State, but if you add any of the other top quarterbacks, Bryce Young, Caleb Williams, I think that Big Ten championship game would be Ohio State minus three, minus four. It would be a lot tighter of a spread. I think where we stand today, it'll be 10 or more. It's 15 and a half there, so maybe 12 and a half generally. But that instantly, like that's an eight to nine point move. And that might not be what Vegas officially does, but that's what it feels like. Like that is a season changing thing to get a guy that you know is a stud there. I mean, goes without saying the last time Wisconsin had a guy like that there. It's Russell Wilson. Had a lot of success. Did a lot. Just didn't have the defense. Yeah. And this team figures to hopefully probably have the defense. But I, let's go non or do you more in quarterback? No, I just want to say one thing about Ohio State is I, I think even with the quarterback, that's still a really, really tough, tough assignment. Yes. Especially since it's going to be a night game. It's going to be a blackout. Oh, at Ohio State. Yes. Yeah. Like that that spread, great quarterback or not, Oof. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That, and it's, I, you have to – there's no way I would take Wisconsin. It's a juicy 15 and a half today. I, mean, I would jump on it right now. Yeah. If I was a betting man, I would. But if, I, only, if. I only gamble on golf. Come on now. I am reformed. How about non-quarterbacks? Because that's where it gets interesting. Everybody who is a Wisconsin follower or fan knows the question mark that Graham Mertz is at this point and what the team could look like with a great guy there. But let's go through, I guess, and try to rank the guys that we would select. I put this out on Twitter at Ben Z Kenny, which players across the country, any position, non quarterback, would you add to this Wisconsin team? And I got a lot of responses. We'll go through what the fans think in a second. But where did your thoughts first go when we're talking non-quarterbacks? Well, I mean, it obviously goes to wide receiver because uh, a great wide receiver like Quintez Sivas can make up for a quarterback that maybe doesn't. uh... No, kidding. (laughs) I'm just messing with you. That was almost unnecessary, but you caught yourself. I was just messing with you. I I think a lot of people, because like elite talent on the outside is kind of at times what Wisconsin has been missing. Quintez Sivas was a very, very good talent on the outside and, and made just a ton of plays for them in 2019 and made their offense different. Uh, Jack Cohn put him, put the ball in some good places for him to be able to go up and make plays on it. So I think wide receiver would make sense, even though I like the group that they have an elite, elite top 10 type of wide receiver on this team could make a difference. But I also knew that's exactly where everybody else would go. Well, my thought also was, and wide receivers were not the first names I came up with. It's not the first name you thought of. That's not the first position you thought of? Well, it's the first one I thought of because those are the names that always spring to mind. But when I ranked it and I thought through which ones I wanted the most, they are not at the top of the list. I'll put it that way. But I also thought when we're doing this exercise, in theory, if you're taking the guy, he then won't be on the other team. (laughs) So I was thinking for Wisconsin's benefit, who are the great players they're going to face and how can they not face them? That's why. And many people brought up Jackson Smith and Jigba at Ohio State. Probably one of the best, if not uh, top three wide receiver in the country yeah. of him being an option. And yeah, the problem is you take him off that Ohio state offense, still a Marvin Harrison jr. They're still loaded. Yeah, no, it, it's in, it's a loaded group. No matter what, it's kind of like taking Jamison Williams away and you still have two guys that go in the top 12. Right. Uh, so my thought actually went to the other side of the ball because 
what has been some of the bigger issues in those big games uh, against Ohio State. I think at times it has been dealing with those athletes on the outside, dealing, being able to play man-to-man and, and sticking with them. And I think Wisconsin's defense has done a great job, but at times against elite, elite type of wide receivers, it could be an issue. So I, despite the fact that they went to the transfer portal and added some very good talent in uh, Jay Sean, Cedric Dort, and Justin Clark, I was thinking quarterbacks. I went with three different three names here, guys that are potential top draft picks. No, uh, potential first round picks next year. Eli Ricks out of Alabama, beast transfer there. Actually, he was at Georgia Tech okay. beforehand, or maybe no, that was the running back. I forget where he transferred from, but they just landed him this off season, okay. which is insane that they can just get the top guys in the country. And then the ridiculousness that is the Georgia defense. Keely Ringo. Yeah. Uh, coming up. And it was a uh, great name, too. It's an amazing name. I like those two guys. There's some other ones, like a, a Noah Daniels from TCU, who is just a freak athletically, ran like a 42740. Ooh. Um, and like cleans over 400. It was just, it was insane. Uh, so those, those three guys stand out to me. Uh, Eli Ricks was at LSU, by the way, beforehand. Okay. All right. Before transfer. Alabama to LSU. All right, sweet. The, but the Georgia defense. That, I mean, you think about the you think about the type of talent that they put out. Keely Ringo was the guy who had the uh, clinching pick six in the national championship game. Even yeah, though, again, yeah, which that's the name also like that name would fit. That's such a cool name. It is. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jim Ringo, great former Green Bay Packer, Ringo Starr, Ringo Starr. <laughs> so that those are the that, that's the position I went with. It sounds like you went with a whole bunch of different positions. Yeah, but I rank them in terms of the ones I would go for first. So my thought is, yes, they rebuilt the secondary. I would be okay with it as is if other places on the team were bolstered a little more. The pass rush is going to be good. My first thought, and this is putting blind trust into the defense and Jim Leonard. My first thought was tight end because I think for Graham Mertz, we saw how much Jake Ferguson meant to him in the passing game and how much he looked at him. Jake Ferguson, really good tight end, not taking anything away from him, but he's not the NFL prospect that some of the other guys this year are. Yeah. I think adding an impact tight end that can run block well and also be dynamic in the pass game would open things up infinitely for the offense in every way. My two thoughts were Michael Mayer, Notre Dame, arguably, some would argue, not myself, the only reason Jack Cohn was good last year. He was running open and Cohn got at least four or five touchdowns just because he shook whatever guy or Brock Bowers at Georgia saw yeah. him in the national title game. But adding one of those guys to the offense, I think does so much more than people could realize because one, it's a huge question of who's going to play, but two, none of those guys at the at tight end in Wisconsin right now are close to the receiving threat that these guys are. No, and it, I mean, I don't think Wisconsin's had a receiving threat like that since Travis Beckham, like Travis Beckham. And, and he was, he's, he's going into the UW hall of fame this year. Uh, I saw that great player. Uh, his numbers are just insane. They're the high, they're the most for a tight end in, in school history and, and all that good stuff. I would love to know. And they didn't, I don't know if they had the, I, I doubt they had this back then. How many times he actually lined up with his hand on the ground mm-hmm. as opposed to lining, lining up out wide. Right. Do we call, Oh, I forget his name. The tight end that transferred from Alabama to Texas, yeah. who is just a freak athletically, but I guarantee you doesn't block ever. Right. Maybe on the perimeter. And I, that's, again, I don't necessarily think Wisconsin needs a tight end that, that is a dominant blocker. 
Might have to help the right tackle spot a bit. <laughs> but that's that's what uh, Hayden Rucci's there for. Right. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, like, or Paul Chris goes with his jumbo set with Cormac Sampson set out wide as a tight end, like yes. he did against Purdue, which was awesome. Unfortunately, uh, Cormac Sampson no longer with the program. Yes. Neglected so, to mention that. Yeah. So uh, he will not be lining up there, but he... That dude had that dude had more numbers in his career at, <laughs> at, at, at Wisconsin than I think anybody else in in history. But yeah, tight end, great pick, great pick. So I have to mention I'm obligated. My contract tells me I have to mention Will Anderson at Alabama just because I would argue that's the best player in the country. Sure, take away the quarterbacks and how much we value them. He's just ridiculous. Should've How much is he should have been a Heisman finalist last year? He should have. And if people would just have voted for him, then he would have looking across the room for that. Uh, so so jelly. I have to list him because he is a ridiculous talent. You put him across from Herbig. Who's blocking that? My next thought, though, I mentioned it just now earlier. How about you take Northwestern's future NFL top 15 draft pick left tackle Peter Skaronsky. You flip him over to right tackle. You put him there on the right side of the line. Logan Brown is a major, major question mark at this point. We don't know who's starting there today. You put a bona fide top 15 draft pick. Flip him over to right tackle. You'll teach him. I'll assume that'll go well. I think that does wonders for this offense as well. I wanted. I, I thought about that. I did. I did. And then I thought, yeah, the biggest impact, that would not make the biggest impact on this team. It probably wouldn't. It wouldn't. And again, they. I think that they have options at right tackle. I think they have good options at right tackle. Do they have a first-round pick at right tackle right now? No. But, God, it'd be impossible for me to take an offensive lineman and be like, based on what we have, based, <laughs> based on what we have seen from some of these guys and what we know the talent on the pieces of paper that we see, that's not the place that needs talent infusion. I could see that. I could definitely see that. I want to throw the name in there. Take him away from Northwestern. Make that game in Evanston a little easier. A game I'm excited for where we stand today. I saw that BS. That's <laughs> 608-321-1670. I have more names to mention, but we have to take a break. We'll be back. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back in. It's Kenny and Heilprin. Still have another break coming up here. Have to quick couple minutes before we hit the end of the show. I have more names, though. I cannot go without saying who. As I go through the players that I would add to this Wisconsin team, if I lived in an ideal world and I could just go Premier League, pluck Cristiano Ronaldo from another program. Did that hit deep for people right now? I heard there's some turmoil with Ronaldo. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. Appar- but, apparently Chelsea's not going to sign him. Oh, I don't really know what that means, but sorry to hear or Chelsea's in- congrats. <laughs> I, I'm not reading all that. Yeah. So uh, my next thoughts, where do you think right now? The biggest question we talk about Mertz. I mentioned tight end, right? Tackles a question. Where else is the biggest question? Wisconsin showed it to us a couple weeks ago when they went to the transfer portal, they landed Kamoe Latu at the safety position. What if you go add, because right now, Travion Blaylock's hurt, John Torchio's there, and he good player, but by no means is he a dynamic, you know, all-American caliber safety back there. 
That's a jewelry thief you're talking about there. Sorry. What if you go to Notre Dame or to Alabama? Go to Notre Dame first. Brandon Joseph, former first-team All-American at Northwestern, then went to Notre Dame. I'm sure he'll have a Kyle Hamilton-like impact there. Maybe a little lesser, but still, he'll be a beast. He's dynamic in the back end. Jordan Battle at Alabama, future first-round pick likely because it's Alabama. Put someone there in the back end, that'll take away a lot of those big plays because if someone gets beat, you have one of the more dynamic safeties in the country back there on the back end. That's where I went with this, aside from tight end and aside from right tackle. I also thought, where could you go and pluck someone from a team Wisconsin is playing and a guy that could have a lot of success against the Badgers? We already mentioned Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, And by the way, I'll throw Jordan Addison, wide receiver USC, in there with Smith and Jigba Mm -hmm. as receivers. But that's kind of a whole group. There are a lot of elite ones. How about you go to Iowa? Inside linebacker Jack Campbell, one of the best players in the country. And if we know anything, it's that Iowa and Wisconsin, they're cut from the same cloth, same similar vibes, same kind of hard-nosed football. You get a quarterback of the defense in there at inside linebacker. That's another question Wisconsin has. We don't know what Jordan Turner and Tate Grass are going to do or if it's Muma Jongmeta. So Jack Campbell in there, ensure that you have at least one absolute stud in there. I think that does a lot for the defense. I think you put that stud next to a guy who I think is going to be a stud in Jordan Turner. Like yeah. I, I think Jordan Turner is the next big star on that defense along with uh, uh, Hunter Wooler. I think those are those two guys are going to be stars, but you're right. Yeah, I mean, you take a guy who is already proven. You lose a Leo Chanel, you lose a Jack Sanborn, and you, and you put him in there. Yeah, it'd be pretty impressive to go along with what is an outside linebacker group that's off the charts. Yeah, my brain is running. I'm in like dreamland with all this stuff. <laughs> Noah Sewell, inside linebacker at Oregon. That was another one I thought of, actually. Another one at that position. Crazy athlete. Yeah. Do a lot for that defense. I also was daydreaming a bit today on the Bill Michaels show. Keanu Benton's a stud at nose tackle. And Wisconsin plays a 3-4. I'm just going to interior defensive line. And these guys are so good. They can go play one of the defensive ends. Or they can go play nose tackle in spell of Benton. You go to Clemson, Brian Brissy. I've heard so much. I've watched him a good amount. He's been up and down health-wise, but everybody raves about him as one of the best interior defensive linemen in the country. Jalen Carter at Georgia. I just daydreamed about Keanu Benton's an absolute force. But what if you put another force right next to him? Yeah. Well, I guess that's, that's what Georgia has. Right, but. And, that's, and that's the thing. That there's so much 2-4-5 that you're, there just could be those two guys on the field. So putting him next to him, like you don't even have to find another guy. You just throw those two guys out there and be like, yeah, all right, what are you going to do? We can keep these guys in the field. We're going to stop the run, and we're going to get after the pass uh, when it's third and long. Oof, oof, oof. Dangerous. So there are my thoughts, and there were some others. I mean, a couple other cornerbacks, but you hit that. A couple other safeties, Riley Moss to take him away from Iowa. A couple defensive ends, but I mean – even I'm thinking pass rushers, aside from Will Anderson, that's not where I would go to bolster this team. The fans responded on Twitter at Ben Z. Kenny, four people who responded said Jackson Smith and Jigba. That yep. was the most popular one. When you, one put up, when you put up 300 yards, yeah. Yeah, well, and I, that's the name that pops out in Big Ten land these days. Of course. Will Anderson. Yep. Which, I mean, I'm not going to argue with that. Someone said Michael Mayer. I give props to that person. They're thinking like me. Give me a dynamic tight end. One person said, change the head coach. (laughs) I don't think that's possible. And one said, Taysom Hill Jr. Which I don't know who that is. And I don't know what he would do. Good special teamer, maybe. Taysom Hill Jr. played at Camp Randall. 
I mean, Taysom Hill played played at Camp Randall. That was on my birthday. I was there. I remember it. It was. That was before you were in school, right? No, I was 20 years old. In 2018? Taysom Hill didn't play in 2018. Oh. I thought he did. No. Taysom Hill played in 2013. Yes, that was before I was in school. Well, I was mistaken. All right. Final segment. (laughs) Final segment coming up. We have another question to hit quickly about quarterback recruiting. Talked about it last week, but more stuff on that. It's Kenny and Heilprin. More after this. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, it's Kenny and Heilprin. Final segment before we're out of here. You miss any of the show, you want to chime in on who you would add? I'm at Benzie Kenny. The podcast will be up there. Just search Kenny and Heilprin everywhere you find podcasts. Zach, real quick, there was a question posed to me about why do so many high quarterback, high major quarterback recruits, five-star guys go to loaded quarterback rooms in the same programs every year thinking, I mean, Quinn Ewers is in Texas and then Arch Manning joins. You can look across the country like Ohio State lands Dylan Riola. They have CJ Stroud there. It's like this pipeline just goes to the same programs over and over. My first thought was number one, NIL money. Number two, they actually send guys to the NFL. Yes. Number three, by the time those guys get there, the guy before them will be in the NFL. And it's also, they have so much confidence in themselves. It just doesn't matter. Like, I don't care. I can go beat that guy. It's not going to matter. And it gives me the best chance to get to the next level. And you mentioned NIL is also playing a role. Yeah. So, however, I do not see why transfer quarterbacks don't want to end up at a school like Wisconsin. I agree. That doesn't make sense to me. I'm excited for next offseason. <laughs> it's going to be some dangerous, dangerous things Maybe. proposed by me. We'll see. I already tried to start the Adrian Martinez thing this offseason. People looked at He is, swear he's a good quarterback. And will make just the worst mistakes ever. I blame Scott Frost. There's Scott Frost ain't throwing that ball. I think, for the record, Adrian Martinez will be this year's Jack Cohn. People will doubt him. He will come out of nowhere and have a terrific year. And that- go undrafted. <laughs> probably true that was unnecessary (laughs) all right thanks for hanging around we'll see you next thursday adios kenny and heilprin thursdays from six to seven and on demand at madcitysportszone.com